Welcome to the Women in NFTs and Web3 podcast, where we highlight women in this space who are making massive moves, paving the way and leaving their legacy. I'm Caitlin Strempel, CEO of the first ever women-owned NFT marketing and design agency for women by women and your host. I'm honored to have you join me in learning from some of the greatest leaders in our industry. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because the more traction we get, the more women we can support in helping them impact the world. If you or someone you know would be a great guest, stick around to the end and I will tell you how to get in touch and apply. Enjoy the show. Born in Istanbul, Elena studied technology ethics at New York University. Upon graduation, she moved to Los Angeles and currently works as a copywriter at Vayner NFT. She is passionate about the intersections of technology, psychology, and philosophy, and has been in the crypto space for three years. She publishes weekly newsletters, NFT Times, and Mint, and writes articles on Web3, NFTs, Metaverse, and topics around technology ethics and philosophy in various publications. Welcome, Elena. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited you are here and so excited to talk about all the things that you're working on. You have the longest list and I can't wait to dive into it and just, you know, chat with you about that. Um, Before we hop in to those questions, we're going to start with our icebreaker questions. So... The first question is a sisterhood spotlight. So a woman in the space who you want to just give a shout out to. Okay. I think there are a lot of amazing women in the space. And um, it's one of the things that makes me so excited to work in Web3 uh, to get to know these women and actually meet them face to face. Um, The person that comes to my mind is Leslie Wheeler. She is a senior account manager at Vayner NFT. And she is everywhere and, you know, whatever is needed, she's always there to get the job done in like the most unique, interesting way possible. So I'm super grateful to be working with her. Oh, I love that. What is your morning routine? Oh, gosh, I, of course, try to meditate on good days. Uh, I do my best. I wish I did it every morning. (laughs) Um, but aside from that, just washing my face, grabbing coffee that I preset from night before, and usually I I read NF um, NF Times. <laughs> thinking about my own uh, New York Times and uh, Morning Brew newsletters in the morning, and grab my coffee, and just I dive right into work honestly. Oh, that's great though. You have your like education, your coffee, you got, you got something going on. I like it. What is your favorite quote or affirmation? Okay, I have two right now. That's my mind. Perfect. Yes. Um, let's hear them both. <laughs> I, I heard these recently, uh, which, which I really enjoyed um, both the sentiments. So first one is, uh, you know, the world or God or the, the whatever high energy mm-hmm. person believes in uh, wouldn't present hardships that it knows you can't surpass. I really love this because it kind of gives that power in a moment of difficulty, maybe that, okay, you know, I can do this. You can do this. Um, I and I completely agree with that. 
And the second one is sometimes when good, good things are not happening to you, that's because you are the good thing happening to someone else. Oh, that one is so sweet. Oh, that's such a good way of looking at it. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I want to talk about that you've been in this space for three years, which is like ancient times in the NFT <laughs> world. So would love to know more about how you got into the space and how it's just kind of evolved and changed since you started getting into it. Of course. Um, so my, I've always been very passionate about technology and the Web2 companies, you know, whatever new platform came and new social media app, uh, I was always so interested to see like, what is the new thing that they're bringing? Um, and then when I started college, I got really interested in the problems of Web2, uh, the problems with data privacy and collection, problems that social media companies have effects on our, our psychologies and kind of realizing that this attention machine that we created, um, how does that really affect our psychologies? Because the technology space, it, it gets, you know, it's really fast and our psychologies cannot really keep, keep up with the amount of improvements that we've been seeing over the last 20 years. And I was really interested in that and then wanted to see what we can do about this. What is the solution that can be brought into the problems that two has? And crypto kind of revealed itself as a solution to me. Uh, I, I first got introduced to uh, Bitcoin in 2017, I believe, like most people. And then I worked at a blockchain company, a layer zero kind of peer-to-peer -peer internet company uh, that is actually kind of currently outside of the crypto space that we know as today, but what they do is extremely valuable. And I got to really understand the technology, blockchain, how it works with that. But there wasn't really a clear path towards how this can be used by people. Um, so what we worked on was actually how can we create like an assistance system or even an app that could, you know, cl have cloud and, and where you can store your data, but you would actually own the data. So it doesn't go to you know, a third party that controls your data yeah. and how we can do a peer to peer communication. So we thought about these uh, at Threefold Foundation is the name of the company. And I, I got introduced there and really got passionate about it and um, kind of dove into different topics from then to last year in February, where I learned about NFTs and everything became extremely more clear mm -hmm. because years prior to that, we were trying to figure out how can everyday users be interacting with blockchain and NFTs, I think, brought such a... Um, such an entry point for a lot of people. Totally. Yeah, I love that. All right. So you talked a lot about technology and privacy and psychology, and you touch on this a little bit, but I would love to just lay it out there. Like, what are the problems in a web two with technology, privacy, and our psycholo psychology? 
And how do you see Web3 really solving that? And how can we solve that as, you know, people of Web3, people wanting to get into Web3, or just, you know, us as individuals and, and what platforms we choose to be on? Definitely. I think one of the main issues is data privacy. Uh, other is the psychological effects algorithms have on, on especially kids, uh, especially girls. Honestly, um, so explain that I, a little bit. I would love to dive into that. Like, what about it is a technology that's you know creating this whole like war against our minds and our psychology? Of course, I think when you how I see the problem is a problem with algorithms. So each algorithm has a success definition. I think we might think that it is a neutral you know, lines of code, but it actually reflects the thoughts of the person who wrote that code. And because it has a success, success definition, and currently for social media companies, it is how many views, how many clicks, so engagement and growth and advertisement revenue. These three are the goals of Web2 companies. Mm -hmm. And then we are constantly, uh, well, when we use these technology platforms, we are actually playing a game with this AI that is in the screen, that is constantly trying to figure us out to understand, oh, what would she like to see? What would she like to, to uh, look at? And then these companies have so many data points on us that they can even predict what's going to happen before it happens Crazy. and then present that to us. And what they do is basically they, they take our data, synthesize it, and then sell to advertisers who will later sell that to us. But I think in terms of the, the girls um, and young kids, um, the algorithm doesn't really care if it's providing a better outcome. It just, yeah. it just cares if it, it's starting an emotional response in us. And unfortunately, negative feelings like fear or, you know, self-doubt, those uh, provide more engagement. So algorithm in itself has to lead people into more negative experiences. And I think for kids, you know, there's also the aspect of filters and, you know, these influencers and how those are becoming the new beauty standards. But um, I think just in its core, yeah. Um, the algorithm doesn't lead kids to a positive headspace and they are spending more and more time than ever on these social media platforms. It's so crazy too. And like their brains are still developing. They're still developing. They're trying to figure out who they are as a person, you know, and some of us as adults, I mean, some of us haven't yet, but some of us have, you know, really had to overcome a lot of conditioning and a lot of work and therapy on ourselves to get to this point, whereas some of these children haven't been there yet. So I, I completely agree with you and seen that. And it, it's just, it's honestly crazy to me how ingrained they make themselves in our lives. I honestly I agree. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And like as a parent, and I'm raising kids too, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what are we gonna do? <laughs> so how do you see web three coming in now and having the ability to to change this? 
Yeah, and just to add one more thing, like yeah. also for kids, um, it is known that um, adolescents care so much more about what their peers think, just because the the frontal part of their brain is not fully developed. So they're you know, that's why they're more risk taking, and that that's why why they actually care more about what their peers think. And we are putting this undeveloped unfinished brain and putting this into a place where they are seen by so many people in these social media platforms and the stress of that and having to connect over that or how you present yourself compared to maybe how you would speak in person um it's just very worrying and yeah i I don't know i think there should be more conversations happening or on this in Web3 as well. Oh, that's um, what we need you. <laughs> yeah, and to come to your question, um, I don't think it's too clear how Web3 can resolve issues that Web2 has because I don't think it's going to be a jump from, oh, we're in Web2, mm-hmm. now we're in Web3. It's going to be a lot of points in between yeah. for maybe you know KYCs and identif- identifiers. Um, so I believe there are some things that we're going to have to keep from Web2 while um, things maybe such as ad- advertisement-based models would be something that we wouldn't want in Web3. But I think it's exciting that Web3 can at least offer different revenue streams for creators as well as hopefully maybe Web2 companies yeah. who are entering the space slowly. And I think the main that would help is the change of this ad-based revenue model. Yeah. And I, I agree with you too that, and I, by the way, I love that you're not just like, okay, like web three is the answer. You know, a lot of, a lot of women and just people in general out there are like, yeah, web three. And it's almost like toxic positivity, but you're like, no, like we need to have these discussions. Like this isn't a fix, you know, it's just, we need to come in here. Um, there's a lot of infrastructure in web three that's not in place yet. So I feel like as consumers of Web3, of creators of Web3, we need to be really cognizant of how we're showing up, of who we're supporting, and making sure that we're asking those tough questions that you're talking about right now to to make the final decision on if it's a company or if it's a project that we want to support, you know, and if maybe they're not talking about it, to bring it up and, you know, start that conversation and to get that really sparked in the community. I think it's so important. And I love that we're having this conversation because you are the first person that came to me is like, this is like what I want to talk about. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like we have not talked about this at all yet. And I think it just is, I'm so glad we are here talking about it today. So, so, so much. I love it. Um, okay. So yes. And like more of like technology ethics. So what are some trends you're seeing right now in Web3? They could be good or bad in trying to move towards, you know, like the positive side of things. Yes, I am I am hopeful that we are taking steps with more conscious values in mind because I think the Web2, you know, the motto was now you know break things and and figure figure it out later um but um i don't think we should build and then figure out what it's going to do later i think it's time that we learn from the what happened in web2 and because you know the 
Facebook, they didn't start with, oh, I'm going to be this malicious huge company. Yeah. It was, it had good intentions, but, you know, it talks about in a social dilemma documentary that when they introduced the like button, it, it was about spreading something positive. And now it becomes this, oh, how many likes do I have? And, and that, um, something that people feel insecure about. Oh, that's such an interesting point. That's like, it didn't start like that, you know, but it just kind of like, that's how it evolved. Exactly. And that's why I think we should both learn from that too. We shouldn't just scrape it away and also make sure that we are taking steps off behind it when we build. I hope we're not rushing into building all these projects, but something that I see as a trend in Web3, which I think we should even think about it more, is having women and people from different backgrounds in positions of power so they can bring more people who have you know, right of opinions into different places and have a more inclusive and wholesome ecosystem. And that that is, um, that is I think, very important, especially because we're so in the start of this movement. Yeah, I love that so, so much. Um, so you obviously like to write. But what, what has been like one of your favorite topics to write on these past few days? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, good question. I know it's so a lot happens question. all the time. I know. I know. I think, uh, oh, there was a lot of fashion news last week, actually. Uh, Balenciaga started ac- accepting Ethereum and Bitcoin. Uh, and Balmain is doing a whole ecosystem with with different NFTs and activations. So I like, was like really metaverse ex- activations or in real life activations or both. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's very cool. Yeah. They're starting something called non-fungible thread. And uh, I think they're thinking very long-term in making this play. That's really cool. Okay. I'm going to look that up. Non-fungible thread, right? Yes. Okay. See, you're so in the know. I need to get up to speed with this type of stuff. Um, Okay. So, okay. You mentioned echo chambers at one point when we were talking and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to ask Lane about this because I have no idea what they are. So do you, will you explain that to me? Yes, of course. Like, so echo, echo chamber is a result of how algorithms work. And it's basically, it creates, um, it creates, when, when you post something on social media, like social media platform knows everything about you and it will continue to bring news that are, that are you know, in line with your existing views. So I will see okay. when I look at my Twitter, when I look at my Instagram, I will think, oh my God, everyone in the world thinks exactly like me. <laughs> everyone is vegan. Everyone is you know, loving NFTs. And obviously that is not the reality yeah. at all. <laughs> and, um, and then this creates such disparity. And uh, this is also thought to be like one of the reasons there are, there's more um, like left and right division, yeah. less centrism because everyone is just in their little bubbles, not seeing what happens in the world. And this could actually like have a problem with 
you know, um, I think Zuckerberg has a quote where it says, he says, uh, a squirrel in front of your garden can be more important to you than a war happening across the world. But I don't believe that. I think we should have a set of facts that we can all agree on, that we all see. And even if my feed is personalized to me, I can still, or I should still be able to understand what other people are seeing. Yes. Because the experience is so different and so personalized that it creates problems of understanding each other and communicating and coming together and agreeing on facts so we can resolve the issues that we have. But unfortunately, the current social media feed and how those work doesn't allow for, for different views to be ex- expressed or, or to be received honestly so that's that, that's basically just, just oh my something. gosh that is fascinating and really does explain so much of like what's going on in this world how we're treating each other so I think like you you just like us hearing you we're becoming an aware of it and now of us being aware I think that's gonna you know help and to actually take those steps to be like okay this is what's happening this is like what's happening to us in our minds in our lives on a daily basis and it's so skewed. So to get out there, to have conversations, to chat with people a- across the world, which is what we're doing in Web3 and which is what I personally love about the space and, and really being authentic and vulnerable and showing up and starting conversations around these topics in a very curious and just open-minded way. You know, I think we are so stuck in this bubble and the deeper we go into this rabbit hole of like social media and like liking and then, you know, learning about us where it's just taking us down this, this really long rabbit hole of things that just, um, cater to like our ego and our, our thoughts and our knowledge. So interesting. I'm glad we touched on that. Okay, so um, what advice do you have for anyone coming into the space? My main advice would be to educate yourself. You know, we say, do it, do your own research in Web3. And I think it's extremely correct. I think Web3, because it provides a ownership element to the internet that we knew before. Yeah. It really requires active participation and I think a lot of people who enter the space you know without really understanding the culture or the history you know quote-unquote history um, is is failing in their projects just because you need to really do make your due diligence in understanding all the different aspects what I did was for months about NFTs I just read because I wanted to learn about DAOs and DeFi and social tokens and and different creators and different marketplaces and to see the whole ecosystem as a whole. Um, so reading and actually, you know, not just jumping from one space to another or, or reading, you know, small things, but actually like diving deep into some ideas, I think, really brings people in the space and that's that's what makes it authentic and I believe authenticity in the space is extremely important 
I agree. I love that. Like not just do being surface level, like go in deep, figure out what you like and go deeper with it. And I would like to add to that, educate people because I mean, especially for me, it's like, we each go down our own rabbit holes. And again, there's like the echo chamber and it's like, you know, somebody else might not be seeing it the way that you're seeing it. So to share what you're, what you're seeing, I think that's such great advice. All right. So what projects are you working on? I want to hear all that you got going on in your world right now. Okay. I like to do a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I know I can so, tell. <laughs> I just, I am unable to say no to things. That's, that's something about me. Uh, yeah, so I will I say that. yes to everything and, and do it. <laughs> um, so I, I work full time at Swainer, which I love. It's the most amazing company to be working for. The people are amazing. The work that we do is very fulfilling. Um, so that is my main thing. But I've been also writing newsletters. Um, I have been publishing NF Times since last July. It's a weekly NFT newsletter about, you know, gaming NFTs and fashion and sports. So covering different industries. And I also write the newsletter for Mint podcast. And that's more focused on creator economy, social tokens, DAOs. And I also try to dive into specific topics or platforms uh, when I write on 1.37 p.m. or Crypto Slate. And um, yeah, and I also have a couple, I have a DAP idea that I've been yeah. working on, but that's still in, in the works. Okay, well, you have to keep me posted on that because I will help you get the word out. I'm so excited. I think that you are just a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> like, you know so much, you have been in this space. And I think that everyone in this space could really, really benefit from listening to you and reading what you have to say. So NF Times, where is it? How, where do we find that? Like, how do we sign up for that? It's nftimes.substack.com. And okay. the Twitter is nf underscore time. So the link is there as well. Okay, perfect. And we'll put it all in the show notes and everything. Okay. If there's, is there anything else that you want to touch on before we take off? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I am very excited about where the space is going and I really appreciate the podcast that you're doing, uh, highlighting women. Um, something that I, I can invite people is I, have started doing a weekly Twitter spaces with Rarible every Monday, where we um, talk about the weekly news of the week, oh, uh, kind of going that. over what what I cover in NF Times. So uh, I would love to you know have people there. We also invite people up to speak their thoughts or if they have any questions. And I also love to talk with people and help them get started in that three or NFT. So my you know, Twitter DMs are always open. I love um, assisting and onboarding people into the space. So artist or creator or writer or just collector, kind of any, yeah. any person who's interested. So reach out to Elena, you guys. She seriously, mm -hmm. I feel like knows everything. She's abreast on everything current. So one last question and then I'll let you go. I promise. <laughs> what are you most excited for about this space? I think I'm most excited about the opportunities that it will bring to, to women. That is my passion. That is my, what I care about. And 
I think being a woman in tech has been difficult and it still is. Mm -hmm. And I'm just starting in my career. So I can't even imagine, you know, what people have been, have been through, uh, people who paved that way. But I'm very, very, very passionate about that. And I think it's going to be amazing. I do too. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. It was so nice. Caitlin here. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in NFTs and Web3 podcast. If you're a woman pioneering the way in the NFT, Web3, or crypto space, I want to share your message. Check out www.metamintmarketing.io slash win, W-I-N. And let's see if you're a great fit. If you got something out of this interview, I would love for you to share it with your network. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social channels. If you know someone that would be a great guest, make sure to tag them to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Women in NFTs podcast. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and truly mean a lot to my incredible guests and me. Want to stay in our world? Go to our website, metamintmarketing.io, or follow me on Twitter at NFTCaitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.